Hey man, what's the big idea, huh? Trevor, you said you're waiting for me, but I'll have you know I hit the button. He hit yeah, the I button. I said recording. that, I looked up and I said that knowing that it had said two seconds to start, knowing you had already hit the button. Yeah. Two seconds so to save the world, you an apology, if you ask me. I appreciate the public apology. Um, someone else we should publicly apologize to is apparently Sergio Cordova, but we will get to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, it's I love the I love the whole like, you know, Sergio will just be super bad in stretches, and then he'll score one goal, and it's like, oh yeah, prove all the haters wrong, and then it's like bad for another really long stretch, and it's like, oh yeah, prove the haters wrong. <laughs> it's just like over and over and over until he makes his way to like, you know. 10 goals and 80 appearances or whatever until he's here forever. Probably, I, I mean, wait. at this rate, it will take 40 appearances to score 10 goals, which isn't bad if you're not expecting a player. To <laughs> it's not bad if you score. play literally any other position except for his. That's yeah. like the, that it's was like the Kyle play attacking midfielder. That was like the Kyle Beckerman rate of goals there for like a few seasons. Yeah. yeah. Good for like five, six goals a season. Yeah, man. Anyway, welcome to episode 102 of Off Wait, Crossbar, what? A I Ray thought last... Oh, podcast. no. Sorry. Sorry, I interrupted the whole thing. I was thinking That's it was right. 103, but we... I was thinking that because last episode we said that was actually 102 because of the secret episode. Yeah, I figure we'll forget it again, and then 50 episodes will say, oh, episode 150. Let's celebrate. Actually, it's episode 151. <laughs> yeah, but, that works. You know. I like it. What's going on? It's hundred. It's one o two. Hundred and two yeah. degrees outside. Hundred and two. It, ah, not it really. is not. It, it, it's been slowly cooling, and I'm just so excited again for today. Fall. I I, just, I need it to be fall. This is where I start getting like, yeah, I'm over sad. Summer. Well, yeah. okay. Now, uh, this is where I start being like, oh no, don't go. <laughs> you oh, know. Really? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you where ever get like summer going? Yeah, about hot weather. No, I don't ever get like that. It's not. It's not about the weather. It's about the. It's about the spirit. It's about the spirit of summer. It's about the. It's about the. The vibes, Trevor, and I know it's hot. Days of summer. Have we? Has somebody made that joke already? Didn't we say that? I I feel like we have. I I don't know if we have, but I'm sure that that joke has been made. I thought. I thought I said that. I don't. Maybe I didn't. Anyway, it seems like a Lucas pun. I feel um, like I read it in a tweet. Oh, maybe it was. Oh, man, just search it in Slack. It. I swear we said it on this podcast. Somebody said it in a reply to Dunny. Oh, yeah, that's it. Was it? Was it Maddie? Did Maddie say that? Or Trey? Whatever. Or I. Uh, Anywho, the only people we could name that would make that joke. Oh, it sounds yeah. like. Uh, Sounds like it was Joseph Hutchison who. Oh yes, it was. It was nice. There we go. Can only be him. Um, Yeah. So I don't know, man. I'm just kind of like, it's kind of sad, you know. Like I, I hate the heat, and like there are days when I'm like, uh, where you you ever like get start getting like angry about something, and then the heat just makes it worse, and then like it just you're mad, and then you get mad at how hot it is. Yeah, that's been happening. Make anything better? Except no, pizza. it's pretty. Yeah, except for <laughs> except foods for that need to be when cooked. it cooks things. Well, the one thing, pizza. But yeah, <laughs> I, 
I don't know. I felt that a few times this summer, but I, I don't know. I was just, just had a, had a nice weekend. Just started thinking, I don't know. I, there's some, there's, there's more things I got to do before the field summer's up, you know? I love that. Just me, huh? What, okay. What are, what are those things? <laughs> Let, I don't know. Like, get in a hot air balloon or something. I don't know. I don't even want to do that. That, that sounds, sounds scary. incredibly dangerous. Yeah. I don't no, know. It's pretty safe considering, I mean, I mean is considering it? you're floating unprotected up in the air. <laughs> well, how many times that bird could fly through your balloon and kill you? Hot <laughs> air balloon. In the Yo, yeah. I saw a yeah. hot air balloon yeah. crash on TikTok the other day. It was crazy. Oh, no. We had a hot air balloon. It didn't crash, but it set down in the backyard of my friend's house while we were at their house. And it just like I'm assuming it wasn't your friend's hot air balloon. No, it wasn't. It was for uh, Art City Days in Springville. Oh um, yeah, one of the mornings. I think it's Thursday okay. morning for Art City Days. At That's like five thirty in the morning, they set off all the hot air balloons. Yeah, and one I of them know. Just like landed at my friend's backyard, and then we went yeah. outside and we're like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, "Sorry, we're trying to leave." And then they left. <laughs> They, they just turned the hot air back on and flew away. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going yeah. to have to pause this podcast for an hour because I just found an article an from the National Institute of Health about t- entitled Hot Air Balloon Tours, Crash Epidemiology in the United States, 2000 to 2011. We're not <laughs> really going to pause the podcast, but <laughs> it does say that f- during that period, five people died. Uh, oh, 94 no. suffered minor injuries. Uh, 91 suffered serious injuries. So, you know, not Look a totally cavalier I was with yeah, the news was, of five people died. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> How many people do you think die recording podcasts? So here. Ooh. Well, okay. Yeah. There are safer things to do. Yeah. Clearly. I understand that. Saying. But like, as far as like from a number of how many hot air balloon flights to how many hot air balloon flights have problems, I imagine that's not a super healthy ratio. Yeah, it's not. I'll okay, it's here's the thing. Kind right. of safe. So there was a, the, the, there was like a, in Sandy the other day, anyway. there were hot, a bunch of hot air balloons, I guess Saturday morning. And it reminded me of doing hot air balloon viewing s- sessions with my grandfather who lived in Springville. So I was okay. also at like Art City Days or like the Provo ones or whatever. And it was always so pretty and cool. And so I've just been thinking about hot air balloons through the weekend, thinking about my grandfather, thinking about Springville. And I was like, maybe I just go get in a hot air balloon. I don't know if you can just show up on the day of those hot air balloon launches and just find someone that owns one and then be like, hey, can I hop in? But also, I don't know if I want to do that. They sound they seem I'm scared of helicopters. I like hot air balloon is like that, but like way scarier. Right. How do you feel about reserving online? A hot air balloon ride, yeah, <laughs> or just like in just, general, just generally reservation. Like, I'm, I'm pro. Three hundred fifty dollars per adult. But if you bring a child with you, it's even cheaper. If you want to endanger a child, but how long is the flight? <laughs> Three hours. Oh, that sounds awful. That sounds. Oh, how far do you go? Feet. How high do they go? Uh, I don't know. Like, like five thousand feet, maybe five thousand like feet. Okay. All right. Wait. Hot air balloon. That's pretty high, dude. That's some like more that's than a I'm thinking like tippy top. The hot air balloon can I would be seventy thousand feet above sea level. Don't like a hot do air balloon that. with people in it or a weather well, balloon. I don't know. I can't imagine that's like. It just says hot air balloon. It's 
because like oxygen stops at like thirty thousand or twenty thousand. Someone like that. Wait, was the did the meteor explode the oh. same morning as the hot air balloon show? Can you imagine <laughs> if a meteor hit, that? hit a hot air balloon? No, can you imagine if <laughs> can you imagine if somebody in a, in a hot air balloon was hit by a meteor, dude? Can you talk can, like the coolest way to die? If you ask me. All right, so or you can just I, like if you're in a hot air balloon, do you have parachutes just in case or no? I would imagine so. Do they? I mean, if you don't, I, like I have no idea. I mean, th- so this somebody guy who listens online, to this podcast yeah. knows a lot about uh, hot air balloons and has to respond telling yeah. us about hot air balloons because I don't. They seem so unsafe. It's like extraordinarily unsafe. Because so can't a bird just to- like? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but that's 68,986 feet. That's the record. That was with a person inside. 60,000? 68,000? 68,986. Did he have like an oxygen apparatus? You're not talking about like Felix Baumgartner. That's not 23 miles, is it? Uh, Oh, you're talking about, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they had, those those guys are like like extreme, I think. Yeah, you're right. It was a rocket. Uh, No, this was a, a business guy. Also, formerly the sheriff of Mumbai, <laughs> which is an apolitical titular position of authority. The Just sheriff of Mumbai is an apolitical position, huh? On a prominent citizen of Mumbai. No, 68,000 feet is 12, almost 13 miles. So, different. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Cool. All right. Well, anyway, I'm going to do that this summer. I, I won't. I'm not going <laughs> to do that. But, like, I like the idea of it, maybe. That's something, like, I would like to do that. That would be fun. I, I would love to look at your photos. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. You should put a GoPro in your head, Trevor, and go up there. Okay. Oh, yeah. Give me a GoPro. And I'll you do could it. do one of those uh, those 3D tour type cameras. Like so the panorama things? From it to your death, we could all see. <laughs> those <what's> are awesome. <laughs> like the one that the guy who Lunch loves trains wears. You know what I'm talking about? The train oh, no, guy. I believe it. Which train guy? The British guy who loves trains and he wears the... Oh, that the, guy. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. yeah, yeah. Three, that, I'm like, with you. 360 degree camera on his head. Yeah, he's got the one on his head. He's also got one on his chest. Yeah. And I think he's got like a handheld... And it's just him like getting excited about trains. How could, yeah. how could his name actually be Francis Bourgeois? Oh, you actually... Oh, that is... That's right. People found him and uh, found his high school pictures and he's kind of like a... Kind of like an F boy, you know what I'm saying? Like he was, he's wearing like hype beast clothes anyway. Train kid? Yeah. He's like, I, I oh. think it's, it's a bit of an act, but it's a good act. It's an act that makes me happy. Huh. You know, Francois is a things. hilarious name. I Francis agree. Bourgeois. Yeah. Like, wow. It's pretty it can't cool. Can't be his real name, right? That's the I think most, it is. I think that's the most French name that you could possibly come up but with. But he's British. I mean, br- doesn't matter. Brits that's are basically French. French right? Oh, his real name is Luke Nicholson. Oh, okay, that's not a French name. Okay, I'm why did he it. change his name to that? That's weird. Anyway, know. what's going on with you guys, Trevor? What's what's up socially? Huh? Socially, what's going on? Um, yeah, not a whole lot. Okay, um, bad start. Bad start. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. No, it's I bad. um. Let's see. What I don't even remember what day we talked last week from mm. what i've done since then not a whole lot no but the most recent like 
update. I don't know if this is a social hour update, but this is like Trevor's personal life update. Yeah. Um, stayed acceptable. home from work today because I had a, I'm going to call it an episode and that's going to make it sound way more serious than it is. Okay. Um, over the last like several months and years, I've had this issue with like swallowing. This is going to sound stupid. It's like swallowing food. Um, and breathing where like it like gets stuck in my throat it feels like and like it doesn't lead to like near-death experiences or anything like that it's just uncomfortable is really the best way i can describe it um and every now and then like i'll wake up in the middle of the night and not be like dying or suffocating but just like struggling to breathe and then i sit up and i breathe fine once the airway is cleared and then i lay back down go back to sleep and been doing that for years and not really worried about it very much um but last night i woke up like four times from that and then had i think at 4 30 in the morning i woke up and for about an hour i couldn't get back to sleep because i just like couldn't get rid of the pain and couldn't get rid of like the ability to breathe properly if that makes sense yeah like like i said like i could breathe i wasn't like suffocating and dying yeah, no, i just, know what you mean if i laid down it was a little bit more painful and it was just annoying and i, I couldn't go to sleep i was just concentrating on what i was dealing with so did you go to the doctor yeah so i went to the doctor okay. today and it was something that like i've been wanting to do for like years i just haven't got around to it you've and been it dealing with been, this for years maybe like two years or something like that but it's never oh. been like as bad as it was last night like last okay. night i think i got like a grand total of like two and a half hours of sleep because oh. i just kept waking up and kept having to deal with it and then um so i stayed home from work went to the doctor talked to the doctor about it and he came up with a lot of ideas of what it could be. Um, but so he referred me to a specialist because like you got to have a throat guy look at it. Obviously. Um, yeah, ear, nose and throat or just like throat? I think just a throat guy. Just like, the T of the ENT. Yeah. Give me the E, drop the EN if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, because I guess it's like specifically <laughs> like with the esophagus and with um, his, his, um, suggestion or what he thought it was most they, they likely might send you a like, gastroenterologist next to be honest could be um his thought was that it had most it mostly had to do with like acid reflux that's or something what I was gonna like say that. you're drinking co- coffee at night man listen it's not like that's the thing it doesn't happen like when i drink coffee it happens most of the time like the chewing and swallowing thing happens mostly when i'm eating like carby type foods or just like heavy foods really so like sandwiches anything with like bread like sandwiches, Ooh. pizza, or like uh, pasta, heavy dishes, or like rice, heavy dishes. Oh man! If you end up like having most like, things, yeah. If you end up having uh, eosinophilic esophagitis, like me, that's gonna be crazy. Can you imagine? This is gonna turn into like the most allergy-heavy podcast of all time. I don't amazing. know what that is. That's that's the thing that I have on top of celiac, which may, which is why I can't have gluten or dairy or like, I usually don't have soy either. Cause I think I might be allergic to it. So I just play it safe. Oh, it's yeah. So no gluten or dairy, dude, that might be your future like me. And then you can, uh, you know, <laughs> suffer. It's hey man, it's not that bad. Hey, listen you, here. You can hey, suffer dude. with the best of company. You can, yeah. That would be crazy. If it is that, it, it that, I mean, that's like vaguely I mean, it, familiar. I don't it know. It could be. Um, what he said, what the doctor Did mentioned specifically was, he didn't mention that one. He said what it most likely is, his guess, without doing any like additional work on it, is just that it's like an acid reflux thing. That would be my um, guess. Just my an, prognosis. 
just developing too much acid at too many times. So like take medicine to treat that. Yeah. You might um, be on a steady diet of a meprazole pretty soon. Don't know what that is. I mean, I assume it's medicine. We're going to find out. Never heard. Uh, no, but he also, he also said it could be like an inflammation issue. Um, there's been cases and I forgot who it was. I was talking to a friend who said that their friend or brother or uncle or somebody had this issue where their throat just like gets inflamed. And so it just gets bigger and it just makes it more difficult to swallow things. And so they had to go into a specialist like once a year or something like that to go. And they basically like put a balloon down your throat and and just like inflate it to like stretch it out so that it doesn't like inflame. But he he brought that up. And the other one that (laughs) was scary that I've, I've never had a doctor say to me before was there are also some type of esophageal cancers that could be doing those kinds of things. Nah. So I've never had a doctor be like, it could be cancer. Yeah, that's I don't the, think it's cancer, and he doesn't think it's cancer. But like, that's on the list of possible possibilities. Okay, well, listen here. You probably have silent reflux, and you're gonna start taking meprazole, and it'll be just fine. Or um, if it's not cancer, it's what I have, which would be really funny. Ameprazole. Use listen, man. Yeah, Prilosec. okay. So, yeah, it's okay. It's okay, Trevor. You'll yeah, be fine. he gave me a hey, different man. one of these. Proton listen, we're here pump for you. Inhibitor. Yeah, it's a PPI, as we call them in the biz. Yes, that's what he called it too. He gave What's me a different, different version of the Somebody tell thing. me the difference between a prognosis and a diagnosis. A prognosis is, oh geez, I know. A diagnosis is like an actual description of like the issue, like what it actually is. And I think a mm-hmm. prognosis is like the treatment for that issue. Okay. I'm not going to look it up, but I believe you. <laughs> Matt's going to look uh, it up. Oh, wow, Trevor. Was that exactly, exactly right? Trevor? The likely course of it, well, the I mean, kind of the likely course of a disease or ailment. Oh, okay. so, I mean, so not I like the treatment, but like the yeah, I mean, the treatment will happen. play into the course of it, right? Yeah, um, I think we need to rename our podcast from "Off the Crossbar" to "Old the Crossbar." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. man, feels crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's yes. fun, dude. Congrats on the day off. <laughs> no i mean yes but also no oh speaking of day off what i spent my whole day doing because like by the time i woke up like i felt mostly fine i still have like a little bit of like acidy kind of feeling but that's just like once you eat food for me like that's just kind of what happens so it's Mm -hmm. fine um or maybe it's not fine maybe i've got an actual like cancerous lung but anyway (laughs) (laughs) no so what i've been doing is basically playing counter-strike all day big surprise but they redid their like ranking system for like matchmaking and apparently it's supposed to be like way better now and you're supposed to be matched better with people more your level but because they redid it they reset everybody's rank and you have to play Uh, and win a match in order to get a rank it's like weeding people out for a little while yeah pretty much so you have to like go through and just play a whole bunch until you win um and i played i think like eight competitive matches today and lost all of them and every single one that i was in like i used to be uh, ranked as a silver four which is like not good that's one of the okay. like worst levels I, out of like 15 ranks it's legitimately like four fourth closest to the bottom i love that um and i kept playing getting match getting put into matches with like gold nova fours like master guardians which is like ranks like eight and nine 
or 10 out of 15. So like five ranks ahead of me, which is insane. So like, of course, I'm going to lose and just get the floor wiped with me because I'm not that good of a player. But that was very frustrating. That's also what I'm dealing with today. And that's more frustrating than the doctor visit, if I'm honest. Yeah, condolences. <laughs> Thank you for being honest. <laughs> Oh, Matt, what is going on? My mom uh, wanted to say me to say that the vegetables that you gave her were have been delicious. So oh, that's uh, great. compliments the to the gardener, I guess. Yeah, that's great. I, so for some context, uh, it was a big bunch of orange mint, which it, it, it has like this like slightly lavender taste to it. Uh, it's okay. it's great. It's just like a that different variety. Amazing. I have a bunch of it if you want any. I actually do because, well, I'll, t- I'll maybe remind me when I mention the Thai okay. food that I had. Over the All right. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, let's see, there was some basil. I don't remember what else there was. But if, if, you, if you guys want any herbs, like I am swimming in them, especially <laughs> rosemary. Like I think I'm going to genuinely. Oh, we would I love just, some rosemary. I have so much. And I think I'm going to dry some this year. I've got a dehydrator. So I'm going to hook that up sometime soon and just start dehydrating rosemary and and oregano and probably a little time. Maybe I'll make my own little herb blend. So, I know, love it. Can, That'd be fun. We can do it as podcast gifts. Ooh, that would be great. Party party bags for episode pod. Uh, I almost said I was going to say pod bags. I almost said potty bags, like P O D D Y, but like party, whatever. Man, sorry. Yeah, that's so. What else are you up to? That's not potty related <laughs> well I, w- I was gonna go into that stuff but uh i guess i can i can hold it for later <laughs> so sorry um yes. you know, so i started watching the bear uh and that's been yes. fantastic i love uh, that show it's really good tv it's hard not to binge it uh, i love I fx is the bear three episodes i watched it while cooking dinner today and that was great um that's a that's awesome. Started watching another anime. I actually have to look up the title because it's extremely long. <clears throat> it's called Bofuri. I don't want to get hurt, so I'll max out my defense. And it's this anime about this, you know, this girl that starts playing a virtual reality MMORPG type thing. Mm-hmm. And just like the title says, she doesn't want to get hurt, so she puts all her points into defense. And it's been like way too fun uh unusually fun for you know i mean maybe not unusually fun it's just really good i don't know if you want to watch it i think it's it's probably like like, if you're watching anime you'll probably enjoy it but yeah it's like i get around very infrequently to anime so yeah um i I did uh, finish ozark yesterday that's like oh and the finale was excellent and a little surprising and just Mm. Just a real, like, a great way to cap off that series, which was really good. Yeah, I felt, yeah, that last season was really good. I very much enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, it's a, a mostly movies thing today. I got movies and TV. Uh, I went and watched something in the theater on Saturday. Was it Prey? No. No, what is it? Prey is not in theaters, sadly. Oh, I, I think not? I talked about no, it. No, it's just on Am I crazy? Black. Well, what movie was it? There was a new movie that people were talking about how they wish they could. St- oh, it was. Uh, that's what I was saying. It was Mads talking about Nope. That's what it was. Yeah. Greg was saying, I wish I could see Nope 
just stream it. I'm like, oh. that's a movie that was so fun to see in IMAX. Okay. That's what I went and saw was Nope. Thank you. Okay. Oh, you're cool. welcome. It in the excellent. theater. Yeah, yeah, in the theater. Yeah, uh, it was just, a great, just a great time. I'm. Yeah, that was a yeah, fun summer movie. I, I very much. Yeah, just a great like, that. great monster movie. Yeah. And uh, my cat is threatening to climb on top of my computer. So if I do get not like your candle. furious for a second, that's what's happening. Can threatening how? Like in a like just like a, getting over close and looking at it and sniffing it. Uh, I mean, can you blame the cat? Probably a wants a sip of your coffee. Yeah, I can blame the cat. Oh, all right. What's up, buddy? So that, there you go. I think Here's that's about it. It's been a, a media heavy last couple of weeks. We had one of Jenny's cousins come visit very unexpectedly. Oh, that was a good nice. time, but uh, but, but unexpected yeah, nonetheless. It was with you know three hours notice. Oh wow! How, for how long? Uh, two nights. Oh okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> we were you know, we we made it work, and it was a good. That's time. awesome. So there you go. That's cool. Um. So let's see. What day did we record last week? Did I we record Wednesday? 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 So late in the week? Was it Wednesday? Was uh, it really? I don't know. Anyway, there's a way that we could like look it up. No, it was there Tuesday. Is. It was Tuesday because okay. So I I had a friend in town from uh she's from Salt Lake uh lives in Washington D.C. Um she was in town and we we met up at a restaurant uh on last wednesday it was very lovely it's this like wine bar works based thing i don't know it's on 15th 15th called Casso. it's very it was very great um <clears throat> had a lovely time there uh thursday i was planning on going on uh i, I was with i was with two friends and we're like okay we're gonna go hike and we're gonna do the 999 bike ride and so um the hike was it's a pretty it's a pretty easyish hike. It's like probably four, it's like four and a half miles round trip and then decent amount of ele- elevation gain in big cottonwood. So we <laughs> we do this and we knew there was a risk of rain this uh, on Thursday and we we go anyway. And when we're at the top of this, like the like where we were hiking to this really cool lookout um, and basically where you're looking is uh, the canyon that Lake Blanche is at the top of. So. Um, you're looking across from that in big cottonwood and, uh, the rains and the lightnings all came in and it was extremely chaotic and, uh, lots of, <clears throat> lots of spooky lightning there at the top of the, of the mountain. Lots of, lots of rain. I don't think I've been in that much rain. Like, I don't think I've gotten that wet from rain and like, I don't even remember the last time it was crazy. Um, and yeah, I didn't end up going on the bike ride because I was completely soaked down to like all my clothes was running down the trail to get away from the lightning and uh, may or may not have slipped and fell through some rocks. Oh, no. Got some nice battle wounds on my arms. It was pretty fun. Cut my hand. This one, this cut on my hand. Ooh, yeah, you can kind of see right there. Hand cuts, especially in like kind of those curved positions are really yes. difficult to heal. Very right? difficult to like, deal with. Yeah. Do you have liquid yeah, so, damage? I that's from a separate thing, but I did have a bandage. I've I've been getting a lot of hand cuts. Like this one's from oh. my sister's dog, uh, mm-hmm. and then I had another hand cut that was from gym equipment, oh. <laughs> and then I had hand cuts from the the spill. But anyway, yeah. So I swear by liquid bandaid. Uh, <coughs> oh, it makes such a difference on hand cuts and finger cuts, especially. What's it called? Uh, liquid uh, bandaid. Oh, basically li- rubber cement. 
it's yeah, not, but, but like it is. Oh, liquid. Okay, I love. Yeah, I, it's incredible. You know, I, I mean, it's basically like like nail polish. Like in nice. A okay. Cool. Yeah, I've never used it. I'll give it a go. But yeah, because these this is really obnoxious. Or it has yeah, that, that may help. And then you can put a bandage over it, uh, but it'll at least be kind of sealed up, and it you know has some antiseptic in it. Oh yeah, Good absolutely. Stuff um and then let's see i can't remember what i did friday i did uh um what was what was what was friday i started launching that documentary called the uh most hated man on the internet i, I guess i finished it it's three episodes on hulu it's about hunter moore and that really awful guy that ran that really awful website in the early 2010s if you know who he is then you know what i'm talking about um not a good dude um Friday, nothing crazy. Saturday, though, um, I went to uh, Carly and I went to Shannon to Shannon Tide, uh, mm. which was delightful. So I was thinking with that with that uh, orange mint you're talking about, I'm I'm trying to figure out if I can make a specific beef dish that goes heavy dish. on. Yeah, yeah, gnome talk, waterfall beef. I want to make waterfall beef, and I was thinking different types of mint to use with it because it's a mint heavy dish. And that sounded really lovely, actually. Maybe a gnome talk with uh, that orange mint sounded kind of cool. Um, yeah, I can give you probably three or four different varieties of mint if you want. Oh, that sounds great. I got to figure out a good recipe for that. And then we saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And oh, sorry, Friday, we watched the fifth episode of the rehearsal and then a horror movie with a good buddy. And then uh, Saturday, we watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies at a movie theater. Uh, really fun movie. Very, very enjoyable. Fun little horror movie. Um, and then, uh, went to a friend's birthday later that night and then just had a, I slept in so hard on Sunday. It was crazy. And then just had a very relaxing Sunday family, gym, family, soccer as as the old adage goes, watched the, the Real Salt Lake city game. I love when people call us Real Salt Lake city. Me too. I mean, like, it's like, I get it, but like, you know, just kind of funny. Um, but yeah. And then today just vibed out working doing doing the dang thing but i didn't skip work uh because i'm not just kidding i wish i skipped work today i wish well no it was fine but you know um what else what else am i watching i uh oh we started the boys last night the newest season of the boys um been putting that one off i keep i guess the the finale amount of is the finale Better Call Saul was tonight. I need to get, I need to finish it up. I need to, I, that's like one of my favorite shows and I've been waiting until the whole thing is out to watch it. And so I think that's what's coming up next after I finish the boys. But nice. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. And then got a friend coming into town from New York this week. Uh, got, you know, big, big hashtag, big things coming. Watch this space. Mm. I got a bunch of film. I got to get developed. I got, Oh, love it. I got this disposable camera, which should be fun. I got this roll of film, which should be fun. And then I got some that's uh, in my camera right now that I got to finish up. So I got to go keep doing things. One of the fun things about shooting film is that it actually does motivate me to do more because it makes me want to kill off rolls quicker. Because I want like, oh, I've like, oh, I got all, I have these, these photos process or uh, on this roll. Got to go do stuff to take, to fill it up, fill up the rest of it. So, um, yeah anyway that's that's about it for me that's great thanks got, it's it's been fun i've got one more thing i forgot to mention yes please 
I went to a concert on Wednesday and it Ooh. was at, that's how I, yeah, I remember we definitely didn't record Wednesday because I was at a concert last Wednesday. It was uh, Coheed and Cambria and Alkaline Trio. And it was supposed to be a third group person named Mothica, who like Mothica. I'd never heard of before. Um, but she was not able to perform for one reason or another. So they like just pushed the show back a little bit. And then Alkaline Trio played and was playing for like 30 minutes. They were probably like two thirds of the way through their set when it like started to lightly rain. And they were like, oh, we see lightning off in the distance. Hope that's not a problem. We were outdoors. This is at the complex outdoor. Oh, um, yeah. I noticed they started doing that. Yeah. And uh, which is great. I love the the outdoor concerts. They're the best. Um, but then some dude ran on stage after one of their songs. And then they were like, oh, we can't play anymore. We got to get off the stage because there's lightning within five miles. So see you later. And then they just like left. Are you serious? And, <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. That was the end of their set. Um, <laughs> Dude, that's so weird. <laughs> they just like covered everything up. And they had a guy come on the PA that was like, hey, guys, for safety, when lightning gets within five miles, we got to shut it down. We'll we should be able to get back up. We just got to wait for the storm to pass. Same kind of thing you get at like RSL games, but with way more sure. booing over the top of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, OK. Why didn't they just have it inside? I don't know. I just know that they have some concerts inside and some concerts outside. This one was outside. That's okay. all I can tell you. <laughs> right. I think they can fit more people outside. So I think they try to do like bigger shows outside. I think I, I have no awesome. idea. But anyway, so we uh, did that. And then there was like, it was like a 45 minute break between Alkaline Trio and Coheen Cambria. Um, are you serious because of lightning or just like mostly because of lightning? I think Um, I was going to say like sometimes time between time between sets at concerts is some of the most so annoying sometimes worst, especially Um, when you don't love the the band you just saw. Yeah. And you can't, you don't have that that level of energy. Totally. And something that's funny about going to like comedy shows, for instance, like sometimes I'm like, okay, that person finished up. Now it's the next person's turn. It'll be a little while. Cause I'm just thinking of music show like shows. Yeah. And then the next comedian just goes up. You're like, Oh yeah, you don't have to wait. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway. Like, yeah. Comedy shows. You don't have to like switch out a drum set. I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. And it, that gets me everything. every, I don't go to enough like comedy shows regularly enough for that to be a thing, but I've gone to so many concerts where I don't know if that'll ever leave my brain where it's like, Oh yeah, you get them while they're warm. That's like the whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, so, so it was 45 minutes. There was like a 45 minute set and then Coheed and Cambria. And I don't know if it was because the first band didn't play, but they played like an hour and 20 hour, 30 minute set. Oh my goodness. Um, they played a lot. They played all the hits, obviously, but they they're touring in support of their new album, which is great. So they played like eight songs off the new album or something like that. Um, came out for a two song encore. It was great. It was really, really hour good. And a half, so the hour and a half set didn't feel too long to you. Oh, no, it definitely did. Um, But it wasn't like a problem. Like I like Coheed and they were great. So, yeah, the the hour and a half set is an interesting one because that's like what they had going on for the headliners at uh, Kilby Block Party. And I love Phoebe Bridgers, but I also was like, all right, 90 minutes of Phoebe Bridgers is like that was plenty. It's it's kind of the depth of her like of her music there, right? I what? 
you're you're plumbing the depths of her music if you're going an hour and a half. Y- yeah, I'm like, and like I, yeah, I the, like she, she doesn't have bad songs. So she has songs that like I don't they're not my favorite, but I'm like, yeah. but yeah, I was like 90 minutes of Phoebe. Like I was surprised Phoebe had a 90 minute set that she could put together. That's like a hard thing. Like Mac DeMarco the night before or whatever, he can just sit there and play on a guitar forever, and like they just like vibe out. Uh, Phoebe has like very like defined songs and it was I was just kind of surprised that she could do that which it was impressive but I was just like you know you're standing on concrete for 90 minutes yeah <laughs> after a long I mean, day of standing on concrete for other sets for a prog yeah. rock band though that's just like three or four songs the you're absolutely no, right I don't know about three or four but <laughs> no like I mean you say that like that's about how long Dream Theater played their show yeah, when I, went yeah, to I, mean, I saw them. Dream Theater play a three-hour set once. <laughs> yeah, with, well, that's intermission. It was they used exhausting. to do that. Like fun. that was their thing. They just did evening with where they opened for themselves, basically. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, like with somebody like Phoebe Bridgers, like that would be crazy because that's most of her music that she's released. <laughs> yeah, I was ninety like, minutes. Huh. But Cody and Cambria, like they've got like eight <clears throat> albums of material to like pull right. from. So oh, yeah. it was just a lot of. <sighs> Bands tend to play like kind of the hits, kind of the fast and energetic songs at the beginning and at the end. Right. And then they just like fill in the middle with like kind of their slower, lesser known songs a little bit. Sure. That was the problem for me was they had like a lot of just like songs that are just like the lull of the show, if that makes sense. Mm, Yeah. You know, like the middle, like third of the show is kind of a little bit slow and the middle third of a 90 minute show is like a 30 minute set. So (laughs) It was kind yeah. of a problem. For all you but, math heads at home, that's 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, I mean, most that's headliners like for those shows it. is like 40 minutes, yeah. 45 minutes. So, yeah, no, it was great. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It was just <laughs> with a lightning delay and a very long headliner set. It was uh, a little bit of an unusual concert, but it was fun. I had a blast. Good times. Very yeah. pleased. Uh, I love that just being like, oh, yeah, lightning. We're just not playing a set now, actually. <laughs> Yeah, they, that's <laughs> like, awesome. I expected the guy to explain it a little bit more, but the singer was just like, nope. "Oh, hey, uh, we've got to go. There's lightning in the area, so we're done. <laughs> we See have you other later." Actually, so. <laughs> like, that was I, that I was really it. love that. I know that's, that's funny. Very funny to me. That's yeah. awesome. Because right, we've been recording talk. for forty minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to oh, say we can talk Louise. RSL really quick, and then we can be done. Oh um, my so god! I didn't realize I had no idea recording this long. This is so funny. This is it, this might be our longest social hour, but it was like we oh, did spend like not. oh, is it not? We did spend like twenty minutes on hot air balloons. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, we're all in a good mood after that RSL game, so <laughs> that's Let's right. Talk. I actually, oh man, yeah. Sorry, no, we have some news and rumors, news and rumors, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, first up, Jasper Leffelson is sick, but he went to the game anyway. <laughs> so putting that as a news item is so awesome. I mean, uh, I, I just hope it's not contagious. Well, like, I'm sure you know, it was just like a stomach thing. Like he ate yeah, but, some but guess day what? old sushi or something like that. He's stomach very fair skinned. He's more likely. That is true. I, I mean, you're right. Hmm. saying that no he probably just ate something funny which is when all their meals are like controlled on an away trip is <laughs> he, he was sick for two days prior to yeah that. he was sick yeah. leading up to the away trip which is it's crazy that he played 45 minutes and he looks pretty yeah. good i guess yeah i mean he looked but uh he looked, I didn't do anything, 
nothing super yeah sometimes uh, you so gotta grit and grind yeah and i guess that falls under win. grit that might fall under a little bit of grind too it's hard to say but yeah you know good for um, him all right I guess. so so there's that uh are we concerned that, at all that our head coach is making sick players play <laughs> no i mean as, as far no. as like how in the beginning of the year we were concerned that our head coach was like encouraging players to injure other players remember when in that line of thinking is it concerning remember when yasser was like oh man i hope i get a break soon <laughs> but i'm really tired <laughs> he's like oh yeah, he we're working on figuring too. out my minutes and oh, also well, he got he got a 45 minute break because <laughs> we actually haven't recorded we did we did we okay we did record we didn't mention the hilarious yasper uh quote that was asking people to pray to the soccer gods for goals Oh, that's yeah. true. We forgot to mention that, which was just an incredible quote. I um, wanted to skip it. No, I didn't. <laughs> it was so awesome. That that was so funny. But anyway, uh, I hope he's doing okay. Yeah. Nothing like I mean, being he, sick away from home. Yeah, that's that's true. And hopefully we've all learned a lot about contagious disease over the last two, three years. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly um, no risks that we're taking, I'm sure. So so if it's food poisoning, uh I mean, sure, whatever. I just hope he's hydrated. Me too. All Get right, some liquid up. IVs over there, huh? Yeah. Uh, I've written mostly it's a post transfer window hangover because all the news already happened. But we did get one news item during the uh I, I think it was pre match on Saturday. Sunday, Sunday. Uh, on the radio where apparently Elliot Falls said they're looking at a playoff return for Demir Krylik and Bobby Wood. Can we yeah. revisit yeah, a lot of what Elliot or Pablo or whoever it was said it right after their injuries? Sure. Basically, what a playoff return for those guys means is that their recovery was pushed back like six weeks from their original estimates. Yeah, or their original I, estimates were aggressive, right? Oh, this club being aggressive with injury. Well, okay, episodes? so I I seem to remember them initially saying October, or am I wrong about that? I think. Like in, well, here's the thing. I think I'm I might be confusing it because Bobby and Demir went down around the same time, if I remember yeah. right. Uh, Bobby uh, like, not like the same day, but like we, 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 Bobby it's got kind injured. Of, yeah. It's kind of unclear when Demir's injury actually fully started sure. because it seems like it was something he was dealing with while still playing a little bit. Yeah, um, he was. But Demir I was the one. I can't remember when they, his. Did he have surgery? He did have surgery, right? Yeah, Demir did. Yeah, I think Demir was. He was the one that was day to day, and then played a game, and then went day to day, and then all of a sudden had surgery to repair a thing. Yeah, after all missing right. like two weeks or something like that. So Demir's last match was April seventeenth in a, Oof. in which he played ninety minutes. In a mm-hmm. 6-0 loss. Oh, that was... Oh, uh, so boy. it's... Uh, Trevor, I hate to prove you wrong. Um, oh, but I, I know how much you hate two that. months later. June 18th. Oh, okay. But Demir was day to day confusing is their return. You're also confusing when they actually... When he had the surgery. Demir, yeah, when was, he had the surgery, was yeah. pretty close around the same time Bobby Wood, uh, his injury, because Demir was day-to-day and questionable for, like, at least a month after that NYCFC game. Right, that sounds right. And what's confusing what I, is that we did hear not to blow up his spot, but Trey did say a few weeks ago, like it, we were looking at like three weeks, right? Or he said he's sorry, he said so, a few weeks. Like that. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, he Matt? said that uh, four ish weeks ago. 
So that was what was confusing. It seemed like that was I, I seem to remember initial estimates being around October, maybe for both of them. And then I remember being confused like a few weeks ago when we heard, quote, a few weeks ago. Or a I few remember weeks. that whenever they put out the timeline, I I think it was Bobby. I looked at like the days. They said it would be six weeks or eight weeks or whatever their timeline was that they gave us. I looked at when that would be like in the schedule. Yeah. And it was like September, like the first week of September for one of them. And then the other one was like the last week of September, the first week of October. And that would give us like six games for one. And I think two or three games for the other. So yeah. it basically like either way, the, the whole point is their original estimate was before the playoffs. And now we're being told it's the playoffs. So their timeline for return got pushed back on two guys who have Demir, who has an injury that's very mysterious and we don't have any real clue as to what how long it's actually going to affect him and bobby who's been injured the entire time he's been with the team it seems like off and on so, yeah for sure Demir isn't too mysterious aside from not knowing well, what the surgery was right i think but it's mysterious the recovery that, is not unexpected. Yeah, totally i think what's I think still kind of mysterious to me is I just don't like, I'm still skeptical that we're going to get a lot more out of Demir. Sadly. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't, I don't think we're going to get like a 100% Demir. Yeah. I don't know what Demir coming back looks like post-surgery. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a great question, especially with, again, like we talked about this a bunch of times, but like how this team, like where does, where does he play? Like, is it just second striker? Is that, is that the idea? Probably. I think so. But let me let me frame it like this. Does Demir coming back for the playoffs, which could be one game or it might be two or three games, does that change the trajectory of the season in such a drastic way that like it's not worth just letting him not play for the rest of the season and gear up for next year? I don't think it changes the trajectory drastically at this stage so yeah so no, like does demir like a, come back one game makes a big difference thing right say that again at, at, i think at best it could be like one game in which he makes a big difference right but I, I mean how many guys come back from an injury and their first or second game back is like making a big game. difference you know what yeah. i mean so like if he's not going to be back into the playoffs if bobby's not going to be back into the playoffs why aren't we like just writing that, like, like that's a substitution, right? Like that's a substitution that might be more effectively used on a health, fully healthy player. You know, exactly. Like, Assuming we don't start it's not gonna immediately. Be, it's not going to be a situation where like we win the championship because Demir came back. We're not like that close, and Demir's not that big of a game changer, even if he is a hundred percent completely returned to the player he was before, or even better. Like I, I don't think it wildly changes our chances in the playoffs if we even make the playoffs at this point. So. so say- Say we make MLS Cup, what do you do? And so, say we make MLS Cup, Demir is guaranteed 100%, and the first game for which he is eligible is that game. Just, just as a like a purely hypothetical. sure as a hypothetical. If you're yeah, asking gotta, me you what I would do, yeah, I think I, I think you got to at least like substitute him. He's got to like contribute because yeah. I think it's just that important, like to the morale of the team, but. Yeah, in that situation, I, I think you would plan to start him and maybe sub him out early if things are, aren't looking <clears throat> yeah. well, or maybe plan to have him be a late game sub. 
under like any circumstance. Like, right? is he going to be less effective as a second striker than like what we did with Anderson Julio the other game where he just kind of like ran around against LAFC? Like, no. Demir would at least be more effective getting at the other end of a cross, which yeah. we know we love doing. So, if yeah. we're going to play with a second striker and it's going to be, I mean, this last game it was Savarino, right? He played uh, kind sort of, of. I would a I little would, bit. We were so defensive in that game. He was. I was very confused about the formation, especially Does, after we scored the second goal. Like we ostensibly went we did defense. play a four four two with Chang on the right, uh, Miram on the left, and then Sava up top of Cordova. Yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah. Anyway, so I don't. I don't know. I but I, I agree. Like if if in that hypothetical situation, you get you got to play him. At least maybe he can get on the end of a Aaron Herrera cross, who still doesn't have an assist this season, probably. He almost Does had a goal, he? though. He did almost. I think he's he got one. I bet he, he, has one. he might have one or two. But this is my point. Like, if was they're it not going to drastically. For <laughs> <laughs> his one goal. <laughs> I forgot. He has one assist. Yeah. Was it to if, Demir? Uh, let's see. I can't remember. If no, they're not going to drastically change the Kansas course City. of the season. Oh. Why yeah. don't you just give him the rest of this season off? Give him a full and lengthy off season to like completely fully heal, and then gear up for next year. Take this off season and make it be the actual roster blow up that or not blow up that's the wrong word but roster shift that the second transfer window was supposed to be. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like hey man, I just I don't agree. see. I don't understand how the risk of playing an oft, two oft-injured players this season outweighs the benefits of just giving them a full and entire off-season and preseason to like get healthy and ramp back up for next year. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think it depends I on the state of the team, right? I mean, maybe... Are we in bo- the last year of Bobby Wood's contract? Do we know that at all? No clue. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we so, play Bobby Wood for a couple of games just to put him though. in the transfer window maybe so it is disappointing to see we can get rid of him like when we were especially with Elliot using the like oh we got like getting players back from injuries kind of like new signings yeah that to have been said and then that's, for them to not the be back this and then to like not being back in time for playoffs when i mean i get like great win on sunday a very important win yeah. after claiming that every single game from here on out is a playoff game which is like how many games do we have left like 10 uh 10 Eight. Eight, eight now, I believe. That's nine eight. before the Seattle game. Saying all of those oh, are ten. like play ten? No, nine. Nine. <laughs> there we go. Nine. Ten that before the bad. Seattle game. Uh saying all those are now gonna be considered playoff games and then be like, Oh yeah, we're only gonna get those guys back. Like we're looking at the playoffs for both of them. Um kind of kind of frustrating, really frustrating to be honest, but it's okay. Whatever. I like I'm I, I'm at I'm at I'm at peace with what this you mean the transfer window is closed. It's clear we're not going to be making any like big long-term moves right now. Yeah. I'm at Zen with what this P- I, I actually had no stress going into that Seattle game at all, uh, which made it way That's more good. enjoyable for me. It's nice, yeah, I isn't it? I did. It was crazy. I don't, I don't know what it was, <laughs> but I was like, like any outcome <laughs> I, I made, I made peace with what we are after that LAFC game, I think. And I, not to say that when I go to another, like the home game this weekend, that I won't be, you know, mad or angry or sad or really happy, whatever, depending on the outcome. But I, 
I don't know. I I I I have hit a layer of of zen when it comes to the current state of things, just because you know there's only it's a good place can't, to can't control too much. Yeah, may, I might change my mind depending on how the weekend goes. But listen, feeling all right right now. But yeah, good. Well, should we talk about the reasons we're feeling all right? Which is that last game. I don't know if that's the reason we're feeling all right. That's part of it. I think maybe it helped to have Lucas there. We had, we had, uh, we had pod presence at this game. Lucas was taking photos in Seattle at this game. He was Mm -hmm. doing some on the ground reporting. Uh, he had some great stuff. He had photos of the, uh, the center ref taking a look at VAR. He had, um, some great, again, just Pulitzer level analysis of the crowd's emotions after the game. And I think that's something that's been missing uh, on this pod for a while is someone with like real on the ground presence at away games. And I'm really glad that Lucas was able to provide that for us last game. Can we um, just get a snippet of that, that on the ground reporting about the crowd emotions, not the whole thing. Cause I, I don't want to go into like a Should whole we get him to record like a quick voice memo. Through- no, I'm just he. I'm sure he sent out some tweets or some articles or something. Yeah, about this. Actually, what what was see. it that he actually said? That's uh, Pulitzer level analysis. Uh, as yeah, you, as it's you funny it. you asked because um, I can grab that real quick. Actually, it's uh, I. I mean, as long as we're talking up Lucas um, and uh, yeah. his work, let's uh, let's give the listeners a listen. Okay, an example so of his work. he said, "Sorry, wow." <laughs> I've got um, it pulled up if you don't. Oh, I, I just got it. He said, uh, let's see, 23 hours ago, 10.09 p.m., August 14th, 2022. So this is right as right after the game ended. Yeah. Uh, and again, it only it had to take somebody on the ground to be able to provide this level of analysis. And he went really in-depth, quite honestly. So this might take me a minute to read through. But um, the tweet says, most people here seem pretty upset. <laughs> Which, I mean, again, like... There's something to be said he's, for the brevity, and he's not wrong. I mean, hit the nail on the head. I don't think anybody can disagree with any part of that. No, I. I it, what's crazy is it really brought the fan bases together. Like we saw people from across the aisles here saying, "You know, this is true." Like it's and and in this in this post truth era <laughs> we live in, how 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 often do we see something that just really grasps the it's just pure consensus really it takes and, enemies and it turns them into friends that's what and i th- that's yes what we're doing here i we I, saw I'm, yeah i think your podcast worlds might be bleeding over a little bit <laughs> something like that <laughs> um i mean it's just again brilliant stuff uh you love to see it and we're very happy that we could send him on assignment to be thank you to lucas be for all your hard work it does not go unappreciated. It also does not. No, it does go unpaid. <laughs> For the uh, yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, let's let's. Uh, should we talk about goal number one? Yeah, it was a, it was cool. Can I tell you that I just appreciate your bullet points under goal number one? Yes. Wait, okay, but but before goal number one, so this was we set up very defensively this game. We did the classic four four two, except uh, we did play Chang and Miram and Savarino together, which is we haven't seen that many times. I think I I, I don't know, I can't remember. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and 
it seemed like Seattle was probably going to win this game. <laughs> Be, uh, starting with the fact that they did score a goal, which was VAR uh, and came back. And oh, yeah. because of a very, 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 very minimal offside that we got very lucky on. Um, while Marcelo like Silva was... Marcelo Silva made just a completely boneheaded error. Um, and he like could have cleared the ball, but decided to like cut the ball back and then lost it immediately. And then it ended up getting played in behind. They score through a really nice goal through, uh, Rui, did Rui Diaz score? He, it was yeah. Rui Diaz. And then, uh, called back for offside. So good little lifeline there. And then, uh, we scored a, a a dang goal through Sergio Cordova, which uh, was a nice little counterattack after um, Pablo Ruiz had a nice a nice little bit of possession, uh, faked out a defender pretty well, played the ball to Saverino, who played a single brilliant pass in behind the defense, taking out like three, four defenders with a single pass to play Sergio Cordova in behind, who... Uh, Turns out had a lot of work to do ahead of him still. Um, where bullet point number one, the haters. Bullet point number two, the first shot, the recovery, the second shot. So everyone instantly had flashbacks to the uh, San Jose situation. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Another person that had a flashback to the San Jose situation, Sergio Cordova, because he did not <laughs> go. He did not try to kick the ball with his left foot. He tried to do... Uh, an outside the foot with his right foot chip shot while going away from the ball. Uh, and it was so bad that it uh, almost, it caught Stefan Fry off guard and just went off of his knee back to Sergio Cordova. Yeah. And I mean, then very soft for him, right? Which is yeah. weird to say. It was awesome. And then Sergio Cordova had a nice little bit of composure, uh, kind of hung on the ball for a little bit, waited, waited until the defenders kind of played themselves into their positions, and then he placed the ball coolly to the back post behind. Uh, while there were a couple defenders on the line and Fry was out of his goal. So, um, great finish. <laughs> really, just a classic Sergio Cordova goal. <laughs> where he just really almost blew it. And if he had blown that one, I... There were a couple moments earlier in this game where uh, Saverino was like yelling at him uh, and it was pretty clear on the TV. And I'm not saying he was like Matt. Matt's probably not the right word, but he was he seemed frustrated and he was like, you should be doing this. You should be playing the ball here, that kind of thing. Uh, And in this case, he he did finish finish it. And I thought for the rest of the game, Sergio Cordova actually put in a decent shift and uh it was had some defensive work rate as well which was uh yeah great to see he was tracking back pretty far so yeah and then he got substituted out which uh was, was great 70th minute like he put in the work and then he wasn't exhausted for the remaining 20 minutes yeah instead they they made a change which was good yeah a, good, a nicely timed substitution from pablo to replace him with ruby rubin but um Right, I can't remember what minute it was, but 70. Albert Rus- yeah, Albert Rusnak ended up scoring a very nice goal, a very Ooh, Albert sixty second minute. Yeah, a very Albert goal, uh, where he had some nice little bit of passing. We gave him too much time on the ball. Scott Caldwell had come in for uh, Jasper Lafelsund at halftime, and Scott Caldwell gave him a, a bit of space, and then um, 
they just kind of were dilly dallying on the outside of the box. And then Albert had a shot through the defenders uh, after Eric Holt had come on as well and uh, beat beat everyone. And it was a really good shot. But then immediately after uh, we <laughs> we answered through just a hilarious equalizer from a, just a brilliant pass from Saverino to Andrew Brody, who had lost his defender like way too easily. And uh, Andrew Brody with another game winner, which was great. Um, Andrew Brody had a good game, but I I'm still on like the Andrew Brody should he could he should be like a left midfielder like for this team. I he's ve- I think he's very good in attack. We talked about this last time about how he's I think he's one of our best players at being direct toward the goal with the ball. Uh, he demonstrated that quite a bit this game as well. Um, he just gets the ball in dangerous positions uh, and he's not over reliant on crossing. He's dang- He's scored two really nice goals now. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's good to see. I like I, I like Andrew Brody sometimes just the defensive focus because he's not uh, naturally he's not a natural defender from my understanding. Yeah, I mean, I don't certainly know what that not means. a natural left back. Yeah, Definitely, he was, he was like a right wing. <laughs> You didn't yeah. converted him to fullback. Who was it? Mike Pecky. Oh, was okay. it Pecky? It was Mike Pecky. His first thing when he started coaching Real Monarchs. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Brody yeah. and Schmidt are very similar in that way. Like, just not great defenders, but like they're not bad players to have on the field. They're just in the wrong position. I think Schmidt and Brody should be playing like the left midfield or left role, wing back. Yeah, yeah in, well, something like in, that. In, in that three five, in that three four three we were playing, I think Schmidt was really good in that three four three. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where I think Brody can excel as well. He was so bad. He like he played himself out of a out of like any time. Like mm-hmm. we, when's the last time we saw Schmidt play? Like he barely plays at all, and he did that. That happened because we switched to the four four two, and he was terrible as that uh, left back. It was like that Vancouver game, like played him out of his spot, which is crazy. Um, which I mean, you know, it is what it is. That's I guess what happens. But it's crazy how much how out of favor he's been after scoring two goals for for RSL this season. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, uh, so that ended up being the winner. Uh, we switched to a, a what was likely more of a five back at some point. Had I mean, three center backs in. Given the number of players defending after we scored our second goal. The, yeah. the more number, the higher the number you put back there, the more accurate it's going to be. Yeah. You call it I a mean, 901 and it'll probably be close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we put, brought on Eric Holt for Justin Miram, which is not a like for like. So I mean, <laughs> so, created that imbalance. And, talked about that actually. And what I'll leave say? that quote out. I tweeted it from RSL. So, so let me grab that. Well, I will also say that I think RSL got it. Uh, extraordinarily lucky to get to get out of there with a win like there were multiple chances that seattle had inside the 18 inside the penalty spot inside the six where freddie montero missed like just a a tap in like it was unbelievable he just missed the ball completely jordan morris had a couple chances as well that were just like yeah jordan like i don't want to get into like whether he's a good or bad player or anything like that because there's the whole controversy surrounding that but like (laughs) uncharacteristically bad jordan morris stuff oh totally the freddie montero one was so crazy to me though like i could not believe he did not get a foot on the end of that 
Was that the one where he like near the end where he may yeah. have been offside? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was that one where like literally he's at the back post and it's not one of those ones where, oh, he didn't make the run fast enough. and He barely missed it. He was there. Like <laughs> he, he just, put his leg out and he like just the missed ball the ball under or over it. Like it was crazy. It was nuts. So that was I mean, I felt very fortunate that we got out of there uh, yeah. with three points after. I mean, it was it, it was great effort from the boys. I just again, Seattle missing those shots. I was just really blown away by all right, so here's that quote. More times than not, we found Miram on the back line. I think it was just prudent to put a center back in there, put wingbacks in to match their wide play. That was the thought behind bringing Holt in. Which, like, fair. Sure. No wrong. They it's, played wide all the time. Like, that was... They got the ball, they got... Like, yeah, it makes sense. As a response to what they were doing, that, that all makes sense. I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. Um, I do, I mean... Is, funny to describe Miriam as always being on the back line yeah uh, and, and adjusting the formation true. to fit <laughs> um i think that's true it's know. not i don't think it is either but it's okay i mean it right? i guess it like you expect your your wingers to defend in any modern system right sure that's just the way it works and yeah and it's funny to describe it that way because you'd expect that in any game with a good against a good attacking team yeah um but i mean it worked and i'm not i'm not gonna say pablo is wrong for it but his stated reasoning is just i mean it's unconventional at best right yeah which i I mean mean, that's pablo look i know that they won the champions league and are you know likely primed for more future success than we are at the current state of things but it is really funny that like freddie juarez and albert have lost to rsl twice now this season that's yeah that's pretty comical i have to say it's just we are getting to the part of the season now with seattle where we kind of have to start saying where the whole like they won champions league they'll they'll they're good they'll be good we're kind of actually like worried about that they might not be all that great which is pretty like they crazy. Definitely should. They've definitely still got all the talent and the same coach and like all that stuff. But like, yeah, it hasn't clicked with them for it seems several like games. I was reading uh, Matt Doyle's column on his. I love his like weekly recaps. Those are so good. Yes. Um, but his Shout one about this Doyle. game talking about, uh, I mean, the, the post CCL hangover, of course. But like more than that, like the injury to um, João Pedro. Wait, João Pedro? Joao That's not his name. Joao Paulo, Joao Pedro was a different player. Uh, Joao Paulo, mm-hmm. um, and then Ladero's age catching up to him quite a bit. It seems right now. Um, it's just it's interesting. And then Newhu being bad. <laughs> it's not. It's well, yeah, I think he's bad. It's not that Newhu is bad. It's that he's not a left back. Well, he's also not a well, yeah. So he play. Does he play? He plays. Does he play center back for? Yeah, is when it they, Cameroon. When they brought in i think they brought in madranda for yamar was it uh, for yamar yeah yeah so they at that point they shifted new who into like a center back role and he wasn't actively harming the team anymore and that was i think the point that matt doyle made either in that article or in some other articles where he's well, talking he about it but basically yeah. new who as a center back or as like an attacking wing back type position pretty good but like as a left back he's just been atrocious all season 
Yeah. And like, he was a liability offensively good. and defensively. It was pretty, I mean, that's, it was pretty exploitable. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was uh, like, he was really bad offensively. He had that one funny, like complete shank that just made me really cracked me up. Who but. was it? Somebody pointed out at some point, I can't remember if it was a Seattle guy or if it was Doyle or who, but somebody pointed out those watching the game, like how little we cared about what knew who did on the ball. Yeah. Like he, there was several times through the game where he would be like bringing the ball forward and we just gave him like 15 yards every time because we just didn't, he wasn't a threat. Yeah. Yeah. Going forward, which, yeah, which is strange because he's probably going to play in the World Cup for Cameroon and he's probably going to be it, very Is good. it Cameroon or does he play for Senegal? I can't remember. I thought it was Cameroon. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Who Tolu, Cameroonian soccer player. Okay, yeah. And, I couldn't uh, remember if he was on a Sadio Mane teammate, but I'm not just, talking about Liverpool right now. I'm mad at them. So, okay. I do want to talk about if we can go back to the court of a goal. <laughs> yeah, quick. please. I just wanted to bring up two things with regards to our forwards. One, Cordova made that goal as hard as he possibly could. <laughs> he turned what was a 1v1 situation into a 1v4. Yeah. <laughs> like, he still got the goal, which is great. I'm not at all. I mean, I'm definitely a hater, but like, good for him. <laughs> But he just he made that so hard on himself, and I, know. I I don't think is unfair at all to point that out. No, but um, he took away an assist from Sabrina, which is my big concern, quite <laughs> yeah. honestly. Yeah, for real. Um, so that's all I I wanted to say on that is like just like that's not how your elite best striker <laughs> that's shutting up the haters like that's not how he handles that. He goes in one v one chips the keeper rounds the keeper something he he doesn't get caught up to by the defenders and then have four defenders defending him plus the goalkeeper (laughs) yeah again he made it work credit to him but that's really weird anyway um the other thing i wanted to point out when they did sub him out for rubio rubin they subbed him out in the 70th minute and at that point it was very like we were up 2-1 we were that was definitely when we were playing with like that five-man back line kind of thing Very at much. that point rubio rubin was not gonna score a goal like that wasn't the stated goal that wasn't yeah. what we were trying to do it was simply trying to get cordova off the field and rested um and just putting rubin in which i understand that like there's positives there's good reasons to do that but what i'm afraid of is that people are going to look <laughs> at what rubin did for the last 20 minutes of the game and say he didn't do anything he's not a good forward yeah like he didn't do anything but that's because okay but that's because like he wasn't really asked to do anything he wasn't going to do anything we weren't trying to get forward or build through anything to get a scoring chance anytime we had we did have a couple of chances like going forward after that point but they were all counters and they were all breakaways and none of them were really like clear-cut great chances um because we weren't trying to we were simply just trying to clear the ball and matt's got the stat but i think in the last 20 minutes of the game there were probably 25 clearances oh which is very close an insane amount of clearances 22 22 22 clearances from minute 70 forward 
Which so is here's here's the interesting hilarious stat, and insane. <laughs> um, if you think Rubin didn't do anything, then no, you he, need... he oh no, not he, you, but I, I'm just speaking okay. for, the, for the people sure. that you like were talking Rubin. about, Trevor. Yeah, uh, Rubin had the most touches on the team from the 70th minute forward, and like the most passes. Um, which is, I mean, I'm not saying like. Rubin put on a masterclass. Uh, just no, but he that, was like he was, he was just more involved than any other player, which is funny. But like a lot of his the stuff that he was doing was on the defensive end, like yeah. wasn't it? Wasn't he, he was dropped yeah, pretty I, far back? Uh, I guess yeah, Julio like, had taken Julio had taken that most advanced position that I remember. Yeah, he was yeah, the guy Julio that we would just boot the ball one down t- to. One yeah. one touch for Anderson Julio. Yeah, well, just uh, a complete ways. But, uh, but, but again, getting like up that's the, the thing. The left flank. Yeah. That's how like we were playing for the last 20 minutes of the game was very defensive. And so if you're going to look at it and say, oh, Anderson Julio was bad, like you have to put it in that context. Yeah. We weren't trying to get Anderson Julio the ball. We weren't trying to get Rubio Rabin in a position where he could score a goal. So that's the only point I just wanted to make is just that you can't look at that game and say, yeah, see, this is why Rubin's not playing is because he's a bad player. Like we weren't asking him to do the things that we would normally want him to do. It's just unfair to judge him based on that game. He was playing much more defensively, and there was a stretch um, or a a phase of attack for Seattle where I think he had four or five clearances in a row that just simply were not clearances. Like he hit the ball up in the air like 20 feet, but it went forward like five or six, like three times in a row. It was crazy. He's just really bad at clearing the ball, Yeah, which is fair because he's not a ball clearing guy. Yeah. He's a forward, not a defender. 22 clearances in those last yeah. 20 minutes. just Which is just the epitome of like, Ben, don't break, right? Uh, I think it's even more than that. It's desperation, right? It's grit, not yeah. grind. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's just grit and get grind. It Sorry. And see what happens. I mean, yeah, yeah. that was pretty crazy at the, at the end there. I'm not going to lie. But well, we yeah. made it. So that's great. Um, I have another item here. Wait, hold on. Is it on the dock? Or are you putting it on the dock right now? It, it is on the dock. So okay. we talked about Albert Rusnak's goal. Um, I want to. I want everyone to stop talking about X Dog. It's just. It's a it. meme at this point. Matt. It needs uh, to stop. <laughs> it's not a real thing. People aren't really like. Oh yeah, this know. is why this team is successful. Is because of. I think they're actually saying that. I hope not because it is legit. It's just a meme. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. It's a funny joke to talk about with RSL. It's not analysis. It's not a tactic. It's not a reason for anything to happen at all. It's just, a, it's a meme. It's a joke. Um, it's an old joke, an old meme, and I'm kind of over it as well. But yeah, you cannot be talking about like X dog in this team in a serious way. And this is these are the types of takes you're going to get here on Old the Crossbar. <laughs> uh, just anti-meme, anti, not anti-dog. That would be patently untrue. Um, but but really, like this this game is explainable in some pretty concise ways. RSL took an extremely defensive stance and broke free on the counter, and like stuffed the box full of players. Like it is 100% the Burnley approach, except we're playing in MLS where that can have sustained success sometimes, maybe. 
So I don't know. This is me yeah. being grumpy. Uh, and you, you had to get something grumpy on this episode. You do. Uh, but, but realistically, like, I'd love to talk about the reasons we succeeded. Um, and seeing everything come down to the cult of Pablo Mascherini, I think is problematic and a little weird. And just says so much about where this team's at. We got nothing so else, go. man. <laughs> that's what's getting us. Uh, that's what's if you excuse me, through. I'm going to go yell at some clouds now. <laughs> you should. We all agree. Um, no, never mind. I was going to say something about Albert Roos' next goal, but it's not that wildly it was a good goal. important. Yeah, it was, like but it was, it was just like we've seen that goal. Yeah. I feel like oh, yeah. we should have scouted that a little bit better and known that that's exactly where he was going to shoot I could, that ball. I, I, I was very frustrated by how little uh, – pressure scott caldwell was putting on the ball right there that too and i don't know who the other defender was or the other player was with him um yeah i don't know it just it was, seemed like the whole point of that shot where he's running across and then he takes it near post is <coughs> excuse me is to flat foot the goalkeeper and flat foot the defenders and try to catch them in a shift where they can't shift their weight and change direction and like that's exactly what happened, but we should have known that that's exactly what he was going to do and we should have been able to prepare for it. And it's a little silly that like he scored against RSL doing the thing that he's done for RSL for three years. Yeah. But like, whatever, if you're good enough at it, then you're going to fool everybody every time. So that's fair. Yeah. Well, Scott Caldwell wasn't here last year, so. No, but like... But maybe Rusnak's been in the league long enough that like he should also know that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. A lot of players take that ball and they put it far post. Rusnak doesn't. He almost I don't say he never does, but he very often just cuts it near post. That's exactly what he did. Yep. And it worked. Good for him. All right. Well, I'm not gonna say that uh I am upset about the way we won that game, but I <laughs> I do think like we need to talk about how it's not repeatable, right? Like, we cannot reliably win well, games like that. We have said this all year, Matt. Yeah, and everything that this team does is not repeatable except for them losing games. Yeah. That, that part's very repeatable. But every, <sighs> every little bit of success that this team has had all year, everything that this team has done well is not repeatable. Sergio yeah. Cordova is not going to turn a 1v1 into a 1v4 and score every single time. In fact, <laughs> more often than not, he's not going to score. That's not yeah. repeatable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But I mean, so I'm, I'm that's glad why, we like, won. But. We've got to take the W's when we can get them because I don't, like, that's the point. It's not repeatable. So we can't yeah. like, count on it. We've just got to take what we can to, get. Like, I want to analyze this team and think deeply about this team. And all I can say is like, Pablo Mascherini says a, a lot of inspiring words. No, he doesn't. I know. I mean, he says a lot of things that soccer players will take to heart and use it to make them play better sometimes. But to yeah. people that are like analyzing the game and want to break it down and want to get inside his head and understand his decision making, uh, it doesn't make any sense to anybody for any reason ever. It's just yeah. hooey. Yeah. It's, it's I don't very think there's. I think we've had Pablo as a coach long enough that like we kind of know what to expect from Pablo as far as like how he answers questions, what he says when he says it. And I don't, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Just like you've 
kind of like set your expectations for this team, Kyle. That's me setting my expectations for Pablo. I don't expect no. to like learn anything from him about much of anything. He's just he just, just talks because somebody has to. Like somebody has to say <laughs> words, and so yeah. he's the guy to say it. It's like why Brody mm. dribbles the ball. Somebody has to. So he's the guy that does it. I yeah, I I, I saw the the discussion about Brody is interesting because we did just sign a left back. Um again, not super clear when any of the three players we signed are going to be available. Uh, yeah, last accounting was three weeks, and that was last week. So definitely not this game. Two more weeks, for sure. Yeah, they've never been wrong about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, he yeah he's just he's an interesting player because it, like you know I mentioned it already, but like what I said last week is just like there's something about his direct play that is just really missing from uh, this team <laughs> on uh, like other players on this team. Um. Yeah, but I don't know where it, he's. It's a tough one because uh, where, where does he go when the like? Are we gonna start uh, Oviedo when he gets here? Like I have no idea. I mean, here's the thing: I don't even know if we sign these players to play. <laughs> I, I, I'm, un, I'm unclear on that. I, I really don't think we sign these players for this year, right? Like, oh no, yeah, we we talked like, about yeah, this last week. Games? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked about this last week. We signed two guys that were injured and a 22 year old that hasn't played a whole lot recently. Like, uh, I don't think Oviedo's injured. He just didn't have a club and then had was contracted to Copenhagen. Yeah. He just hadn't played at Copenhagen all year and he'd only played international games. Yeah. So meaningful ones, but um, anyway, he hasn't really played. So he's got to get back up to speed. Yeah. Or whatever they say. So. Get, get used to the, the club and get settled and situated and ready so to I, go. But either way, no, I, I just agreeing with you, Matt. I don't think these signings were completely made for this season. Yeah. I don't think they'll really have any kind of impact. I would like to see, speaking of moving like Andrew Brody forward, I would like to see Oviedo be used as an option to come in and then use Brody or Schmidt as somebody to spell Miram for some minutes, please dude. He, (laughs) how many games in a row can we have Miram playing like 80 plus minutes? It's it's insane. Apparently 34. Yeah. Like (laughs) I'm thinking about Brody as a sub for Miram in the 60th minute. That sounds like awesome. Like, or, you know, or vice versa, right? Give him a game off or like, yeah, have him come in late. Like, um, well, so he got 60 minutes against Seattle, 59. Yeah. Um July but like if we weren't up six. Wait, were we winning at that? No, we were we were we were winning one zero when he came in, right? When he came or in, when, it was one zero out, and then right? Rusnak scored about three minutes after Miram left. Yeah, because Holt came in. Yeah. Um yeah. So like I don't if we were in a different position, like if we were down or tied, would he have come in? I have no idea. Or sorry, would he have come out at that minute? Like I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's he's not getting younger, certainly, um, unless he is, and that would be cool, and quite a revelation. Uh, and uh, that would be news. Apparently, yeah. I mean, apparently he's he's sturdy enough to not be injured regularly. So that's that is a valuable asset to have in MLS. It yeah. is, but also a valuable asset to have in MLS is legs at the end of the season. Yeah, 
And you don't get that by playing 30 games before the last four games of the season. Yeah. Like teams who are successful in the playoffs are teams who have guys who have had periods of rest. You can't grit and grind for 34 games and then enter the playoffs in this league. Like you just, you can't, you have to play in Houston in the summer. Yeah. All right. So should we, anything else about Seattle we want to talk about? Time to move on. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. So we've got Vancouver Whitecaps at the weekend. And uh, they are in a spell of pretty bad form. Uh, But notably, it's probably better than RSL's form. Uh, (laughs) Which we should use the form guy to make that determination. So I always go with the eight game. You can go with five game. Over the last five games, Vancouver has five points, RSL seven. I think eight game is a little more representative of form personally uh, because you get some broader strokes there. And I think that's that's the point of form, right? Not mm-hmm. to talk about specifics, but to generalize how a team is doing. And they've got nine from their last eight. Not good. RSL is eight from their last eight. Uh, Wait, hang on. They have nine from their last eight. Yeah. So, so certainly not good. Um, I don't think I agree with that. That it's not good. No, that they've got nine. Yeah. Nine Are we counting the last eight, including the Galaxy game? Yeah. Because that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Wait, we said eight games, right? Or yeah. nine games? Eight yeah, games. So if, you, if you go to the form guide, if you click on the number. It'll show you, but I'm going to, I'll post a screenshot. Oh, you know what? You know what? I, okay. I found my mistake and you are form guide is never wrong. I did recently discover. I'm not trying to say that it's wrong. wrong. I've just, my problem (laughs) is I've just got to find my mistake because I trust the form guide more than me, but I wasn't always there. I get that. I'm including a Canadian championship game. That's what means I did not include the one nil win against LAFC. Yeah. right. That's That's how that got messed up. Yeah. Anyway, back to what you were saying, Matt, before I interrupted. Yeah, I mean, we saw this against Seattle, too. Everyone talked about how Seattle was in a run of bad form and how they've been struggling. And yes, that is true. But it it was never, you know, discussed that RSL was in similarly bad, if not worse, form. Yeah. And we we keep talking about, like, wins after losses or or non-losses after losses and not not losing consecutive games. But realistically, we've been dropping points very consistently over the last 12 to 15 games. Right? Yeah. 100%. And yeah. The whole like loss, like that. games after losses is so weird because it's like, you know, if you lose two in a row and then win two in a, two in a row, like what's the significance of that stat? I don't, I don't really understand at all, to be honest. Yeah. The, the idea, the whole point of soccer is, is to not, not lose. Like you're not happy when you tie, like you're happy when you win. That's the goal, right? You should be winning because you get three points for a win. That's a lot. That's what makes a difference in the standings is who has more wins versus ties and losses. So if you have tie, loss, tie, loss, tie, loss. Yeah. You're not losing back to back, but you're not a good team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, my problem with the, the stat that gets thrown out about how we are after losses is, there's a lot of games after losses, which means there's a lot of losses. Like that's not, it's not something to be like 
happy or proud of, of at all. What you should be talking about, hopefully, is how few losses you have. And we're, <laughs> we're not. We're just talking about how we perform after the loss because that happens so much that we have a pretty <laughs> solid sample size for it. It's not a good thing. It's not a good stat. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I, I want maybe I'll add this to the form guide, but I think it'd be fun to have a results after wins uh, because we've only strung together consecutive wins uh, in two different spells this season. Mm. So, you know, I don't know. It's yeah, these stats can easily be turned on their head, and they're they're not meaningful stats. It's just a yeah, just a way to to. Try to grasp at the idea that RSL is good at bouncing back, and maybe that's true. Um, but, but then I, it, I it follows the same pattern of us of creating a situation which we need to bounce back from. And it's weird that yeah. that follows. That's both in-game situations where we are the comeback team, we're the team that gives up a goal. You know what's crazy is when we gave up that goal, that event that actually got called back off as uh, offside. The broadcast had just talked about how this was like how many games we've given up a goal in the first 15 minutes. And this was like going to be the fourth consecutive game that we have done that. And it was the 12th minute when we gave up that goal uh, that that was so narrowly called back yeah. as being offside. So like just as like that wouldn't have gone v- two years ago. That's not an offside goal. Like that's just that that was a VAR thing. I mean, it, Dunny on the broadcast was talking about how like not super conclusive it was. So, I mean, it's it's just like we 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 joked about it a lot of times of being like, oh, yeah, this team like always fights back. It's like there's something maybe about like fighting forward that maybe we should start doing where you're not. It's just yeah. it feels so reactive uh, instead of being the team that's imposing our will upon others. That's both in game and then just stringing together wins. Uh, neither of those things happen consistently. And I love when we win. but like you're saying like we're not consistently winning multiple games in a row which is where i mean we're 17 points behind first place right is that lafc yeah, and, and certainly ahead? like i don't know lafc is incredible and right. on incredible pace and they just so smoke charlotte look more at a team like austin who we sure. have no reason we couldn't be as good as them right like austin right. is a similarly small market I don't think players are going there so they can go to Austin City Limits, right? I mean, right. They're all just obsessed with Lake Travis, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, but they're on 48 points from 25 games. They're on almost they're, two points a game. They're 11 points ahead of RSL. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, I still think of them as a freaking expansion team, man. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, they're not far from it. Like, they're not far like, enough away from an expansion team. You, second? Third? This is their second or third season. I can't remember. Well, and they their coach Josh Josh Wolf, yeah, yeah. interviewed at Real Salt Lake. <laughs> so <laughs> did Pat Noonan in Cincinnati. Oh man, and and we're looking at these teams doing really well, and it's it's hard not to look at that and say like, could that be us? And I want that to be us, right? But yeah, it could be. They just wanted a, a few more dollars than Pablo Mastroeni. Yeah. So, got what we got. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we've, Kyle, you say it, you know, over and over, and I, I can't help but agree again right now that, you know, we, he's not a long term solution. Yeah. 
And I would love, you know, and and certainly I don't, I'm not saying let's go back to Jason Christ. I'm not going to say that. But I will say that Jason Christ was a, a coach that found success fairly early in his coaching career at RSL. Uh, showed good promise in 2008, right? In developing an, an identity uh, for a team that had a pretty poor roster at the time that he he stepped up as coach, right? Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't think our roster is that bad. It's not that great, but it's not that bad. I think we're two to three good, like excellent signings off from being, and, and a good coach off from being like an Austin FC level team. Yeah, I don't even. I'm agreeing with you, but what I would say in addition to that is is that like, if we had a coach with like an obvious plan that was building toward, again, not to go back to the Jason Christ thing, but that's like building toward an identity and a style of play, and teaching the players to play that, and then, I like identifying weaknesses in that style of play and improving them with roster moves. Which is what Josh Wolf is doing. It's what Noonan is doing at Cincinnati. They've kind of made the team play in a specific way, and it didn't work for a while. And then they got new players and built their roster in a way that supported that. And now they're pretty successful. And like it's it's not a difficult roadmap. And I don't know that Pablo has been that guy or will be that guy. Is I, I don't see him coming in and saying like, this is my plan. This is my identity. This is how I want to play anything beyond like, we're just going to be the hardest working team out there. That's yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to grit and grind and we're going to out hustle and we're going to adjust the paradigm or whatever fancy word he wants to use this week to describe just like out hustling the guys or, or playing with more effort. Like that seems to be his identity, which is fine but it's clearly like an MLS 1.0 style of thinking. And we're well beyond that. Like, so yeah, yeah. He's, he's not the right coach. We're not building the right roster. We're, we're just doing a lot of things, obviously that could be improved. And, well, and I, also I can't like wait we, until they improve. We have Jefferson Savarino right now, who is a very, very, very good player. Like yes. I, the, the two passes he made in this game are passes. We don't, see from many other like Miram's had some some really nice crosses but like he has ideas that aren't like normal RSL player things and like with without him we're not uh you know he's already I don't know how many goals and assists he already has and if we count like the assist that wasn't in this game it's like I don't know. He's just doing a lot and creating so much. And I like, I, I can't just help but think like what, what more like we could be getting from a player like him. I, I think he's, I, I, I said it on Twitter, but I honestly think he's the best player we've had in the last 10 years. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, like he's just, I like, and, I, and that, that, that includes Demir and, and Albert and like they have like you know a bit of larger bodies of work but I think as far as like pure talent goes I think Saverino has the highest ceiling and he's just like incredible but right now I think he has the like like the, the, this player even last year like so we have say we have Saverino with with uh Rusnak and Demir like playing at like full strength like how much better is this team with Sava right now? If we have those two guys, for instance, it's just like, I just, I, I, the thing that eats at me a little bit, I, like I said, I'm at, 
I'm feeling at peace at some level just because the transfer window closed and I'm trying to make term. I'm trying to come to terms with what we didn't do and what we, we did do, I guess. Back in. Um, but like, I just, it does kind of eat at me thinking about like what we, what we could be with like, with, you know, like a deadly striker with like a very well defined tactical setup for what this team is trying to accomplish where, I mean, how many, we've been, how many games have we wasted just with Sovereigno just crossing the ball to no one? It's like, we know what doesn't work with this team right now. And we still do it so much of the time, despite having like really like a, a great talent and then players that that isn't their strength. So I don't know. I just think about like what could be, I guess. And this team with a really good striker and it, it sadly, it does feel like this ownership or front office, whatever, isn't going to sign that big money striker until they have the long term guys in place. And I just hope that like someone like Sava is still around when we have the commitment to sign the long term guys like I, I'm I, you literally there's nothing anyone can say uh, to, to prove to me right now that like who we have in charge of like the actual club right now is long term when those with with like what we did with these signings like these actions that they're doing clearly show me that these are short term moves to bridge a gap and we're going to get to the end of that gap in the next two years and then what like so i i I just cannot you know two windows gone by and the most we've got is like a uh other than Savarino is somebody on a year and a half contract right like i think that was the max we saw out of these three deals yeah um that probably lines up pretty significant like pretty closely with uh when like pablo's contract is expiring maybe i don't know um it's just i don't know i don't know guys i just it, it, we're, we're still in purgatory sadly and there will be fun moments in purgatory it's not all bad this this game was a fun moment in purgatory and i had a lot of fun beating seattle at home that's not something we get to like enjoy almost ever i think this is just the third time in the last 10 years we've done this um but yeah i don't know i just uh i as as much as I love Sovereigno, I just like want I want more. I want him to just like have all the tools around him to be in the conversation for like MVP of this league. Because I think that that's like the type of level I genuinely think Sovereigno is at. If he's like if he has everyone, you know, finishing the chances that he's creating. If he has players getting him the ball in dangerous positions, I'm just I, I just think he's phenomenal, and I want us to have a core around him that reflects it but demir's back <laughs> sucks and then we didn't replace albarisnak so um and we had concerns that went beyond that even before that so i mean we basically replaced rusnak with Savarino, right i mean i guess I mean, we had Savarino, crowlock and did we did the three of them ever play they, they did play yeah, together right years. yeah yeah okay i couldn't remember 18, what year he 19. left yeah, that was like that was like a pretty and even then we didn't have like the striker we really wanted, but like that was a good roster compared yeah. to this, especially. Like it's just been downhill. I mean, that that's what's crazy to me, honestly, is that like under under like that first year without Deloitte Hansen, we and like when we still had Demir Krylock and Albert Rusnak, a healthy Demir, and then uh Albert Rusnak who was on this roster, we had like a just a good squad, I thought. It was pretty good. And then it's sadly, it feels like 
I mean, it's just Slowly kind of going downhill. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was sympathetic to that for a while because we didn't have an owner and I was happy with like the Rubio Rubin signing when he was doing well. I was happy with the Bobby Wood signing when I was naive. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I, mean, I don't know, man. It's like, I, we, we I were know. recording podcasts when we signed Bobby Wood. Yeah, we were. And uh, I don't remember any of us being particularly excited about it. No. Oh, I, I thought, <laughs> for a second, I no. thought you were going to say, I don't remember any of us feeling particularly one way or the other about it. Oh, no, I remember. And I was going to say, no, was I was like, pretty negative from the start, I think. I think I was pretty, I was cautiously optimistic, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, that's... Can, can I say can I say one thing about the Sovereigno? Since we're hear, talking so much about Sovereigno and yeah, that I pass, your permission to say one thing about Sovereigno. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Kyle. This will relate to you as well. Um, the pass that he made to Cordova, like, was an incredible pass, and I don't think there's any getting around that. It reminds me of another pass. That was, it's like iconic in the 2005 Champions League final, uh, Milan against Liverpool. Yeah. Kaká made a very similar pass for the 3 0 goal that Milan scored to make a 3 0 before halftime. Yeah. It's like the one of the best passes like of all time. If you haven't seen it, don't remember it, go watch a highlight. It's incredible. And like, that's the kind of pass we're getting from Savarino. I'm not saying Savarino is Kaká or Kaká in his prime or anything like that, but like that's the type of player that makes those passes, and that's what we have. And it, it's tragic that we're not trying to capitalize on that, or seemingly not trying to capitalize yeah. on that. Instead, if, we have Cordova, like, who is you know, yeah. The difference uh, in the way that mm. Hernan Crespo handled that pass and Cordova handled the pass is incredible, but <laughs> not the point. The point is. Sovereign is a very, very special player, and we're getting him at an age where if we can lock him up for, if we have him for the next five or six years, he'll be an incredible player in this league for sure for a very long time. Yeah. And it would be a crying shame if we let that go to waste. It'd but be a he, bit like it, having like a generational NBA player and squandering all your <laughs> opportunities. Two generational NBA players. Some might say, and squandering all those opportunities. Huh. Anyway, would suck to be a fan of that kind of organization. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I I'm like yeah, I, it's it's weird because like I I've got a lot of mixed feelings. Uh, I'm I'm always happy to see us win. I'm just I've just it just I got I just got that feeling nagging at me still, which is just frustrating. Yeah, but. in in the short term, this game was great and phenomenal, and I loved it. Yeah, and yeah. it will certainly count for something one day. I just don't <laughs> think it counts for anything for this season. It might. I guess we'll see what happens toward yeah, the end. I guess as, we'll see. I, this final stretch. This is going to sound very silly coming from me, and I understand that, but I hate to be so pessimistic. <laughs> but do you that? I just I don't see this game like being a catalyst to change the course of the season. I think we're still headed for maybe the playoffs and probably an early playoff exit. And I, I, it keeps us on that course. It doesn't like change anything. It doesn't mean anything beyond what any other regular season win would mean. 
Yeah. yeah. Except that it is very funny that we beat Albert and Freddie again. That yeah. so that we beat Freddie. Like, that's the one that I really actually care about. Honestly, same. <laughs> <laughs> and that one is such a, it's such a, like an underrated, goes under the radar thing. But he's just on that bench being like, oh, it's man. just, I'm not over how disrespectful of a move. Same, dude. That is like, I don't. It's crazy. It's so crazy. It, yeah. Mid-season, too. It's like, come on. The, yeah, that, 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 that playoff win is to so the sweet. Western Conference Final. That The playoff win will always be so sweet because for, for us to beat them with zero shots after Freddie left is just... <laughs> ugh, it's just mm-hmm. too good. I cannot believe that happened. Just the cackling I did that night was just <laughs> unmatched. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, listen, hey, I'm not a big cackler, but when I'm cackling, I'm cackling. Yeah. That was, a, that was a night of the cackle for sure. So remarkable thing out of our last 12 games of being kind of mediocre. Uh, we're still on pace for 1.5 points per game, which is enough for the playoffs. Nice. Reliably yeah. in MLS, so. We did with those three points. We did create a little bit of separation in the table, which should be noted because yeah, for the last was on several weeks, for the last several weeks, we've been like two to three points from out of the playoffs. Um, we are currently fifth in the standings. Mm-hmm. We are two points away from being, or I guess, three points away from being in third, which yep. is saying something. But mm-hmm. we are also five point four points, five points away from being out of the playoffs yeah. which is that's the gap that we're going to keep an eye on i think for the rest of the season is how close we are to the out of the playoffs there are we're at 37 points um in fifth place so sixth and seventh and eighth are all tied on 33 uh seattle is right behind with 32 yeah so eighth and ninth out of the playoffs are basically one points and tiebreakers away from being inside the playoffs could be fun. Could be exhausting. Probably Colorado both. and Vancouver are also on the outside looking in, but like they're still within shouting distance. They're at 31 and 30 points respectively. Yeah, well, and, and, that's and about Colorado where, and Galaxy both have a game in hand. Uh, Nashville and Portland are ahead of game of us, but I mean, it, yeah. it'll be an interesting run up, right? Like if, thir- if, if, uh, Sorry, if Colorado is on 34 points at, and 25 games and just three points is behind us, I don't know. Well, if they're 34 points on 25 games, that would put them if, in sixth yeah. place just behind us. Yeah. Unless and that Galaxy would push and, out. And are on 36 with 25, sure. 25 games. So enough to say, like, it's going to be a really interesting run up. And I'm yeah. excited. Uh, I'm nervous. And like, I think it's and, good to be nervous in these circumstances. If yeah, I, it, I mean, I could be totally confident, um, but I don't have reason to be based on a run of form. Um, or I could be totally pessimistic. Um, but the Western Conference is conspiring to keep us where we are somehow. And uh, yeah. it, it could be could be fun. And we mentioned it. We mentioned it last week, but. Um, we should point out that as of right now, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine games left in the season. Yeah. And only two of those games are against 
teams that are not in the playoffs currently. That's Vancouver huh. this weekend and Portland at the end of the season. But Portland, again, like they're, they're only out on of the playoffs out of, on a tiebreaker. Yeah, so we've got two Eastern Conference teams. Everybody else is in the West and everybody else is um, a playoff playoff team. And we still have to play LA and Austin and Dallas. Nice. All, yeah. all three of those are road games. I'm stoked. It's a very, very difficult. You want to talk about strength of schedule? Ours yeah. is tough. Someday I'll put together a st- strength of schedule thing on the form guide once I figure out what it actually means. <laughs> yeah. How to, how <laughs> to actually calculate that? Yeah. <laughs> it's how much they can lift each oh. opponent <laughs> collectively. 20 pounds. That's where I'm at. Just kidding. I can probably lift more than 20 pounds. I certainly hope so, because you weigh more than 20 pounds, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was going to try to try for something quippy, but uh, not going to happen. A little too late for that. But on that note, um, I don't know. Is there anything else to talk about? Any professional <sighs> podcasting here? I know. The dock has been expended. Oh. We did go through the end of the dock. I don't know what, what else is going on. Uh, you know, uh, any good movies coming out soon? Top, Top Gun Maverick is back in theaters. Amazing. Go see it in a movie theater if you didn't before. It's the number three movie in America. <laughs> Again, wow. it was the it's it's what's crazy is the Top Gun Maverick. It's likely to be one of the most successful movies of all time, which is pretty. <laughs> which, nuts. I mean, it, which I love it's, to see. It's funny that that comes from Top Gun. Which yeah. was like, don't get me wrong, great movie, but like, yeah, it's funny that it's it's <laughs> hey, a Top man. Gun like sequel, mm-hmm. but it does make sense considering like the content. It's guys freaking flying fighter jets and Tom Cruise. Like, so it's a fantastic movie. It's okay, really so good. I have one question before we end. Sure. Okay. Uh, should I? So I've been wanting to go see more movies in the theater. Yeah, Um, it's a great time. And I've been curious, should I enroll in one of those uh, not quite movie pass programs from Cinemark or Megaplex? See, I've been considering doing it from uh, Cinemark. I think. Yeah, I have. You have. Okay. So my understanding is it's like one ticket per month. Yeah. And it rolls over. And yeah. So if you don't use it, you get two the next month or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I usually see at least one movie a month. I, uh, yeah, so I have the Cinemark one. Um, here's the thing. If we had more Regal theaters, I would absolutely... We have one in Taylorsville. What Regal does is they give you a movie pass for Regal. And you can see unlimited movies for like... It's like 16 bucks a month or something in California, okay. for instance. Yeah. So that is not really feasible here because the one Regal theater we have here is in Taylorsville and it's a bit of a smaller theater. They don't get a lot of sh- a lot of movies that like... Like they don't get a lot of like the indie movies that go to like weirdly Jordan Commons or some of the other ones. But yeah, um, I do have the Cinemark one because I because the ticket rolls over. Megaplex has its own that's like similar, but that those tickets don't roll over. OK, uh, but the Cinemark one, there's like no online fees. Uh, additional tickets are cheaper if you buy like if, so say like you and a partner, uh, your additional tickets, I believe, are cheaper. Um, it's like nine, it might be 10 bucks a month. So it's, I think it's cheaper than an, an, like the, what a normal ticket is. 
Okay. And then you get 20% off concessions. It's pretty good. Yeah. If you just sign up like through their app and just be like a member, which is what I'm, I have like, you get you like accrue points and every so many points like you get like free concessions. I think you do also get a little bit of a discount. I don't know if it's 20%, but you get some kind of discount on concessions. If you just like sign up as a member through their app. Yeah. The, the no online fees, uh, is kind of I think it's pretty worth it. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, like a dollar fifty a ticket. No, I yeah. think it's more than that. Oh, and I if think, you sign up, oh, let's see. Yeah, I think last time I don't remember exact prices, but I usually like so when I go to movie theaters, it's usually to Cinemark, and I usually order them online. And I think the online fees are usually like four or five dollars a ticket. It's, oh, okay. it's not. It's, it's not that much, is it? It wow. feels like it is because I don't, I could be wrong, but I just oh. remember every time I order two tickets, I feel like it gives you the pop-up. That's like, why not join the thing and become a member and you get cheaper and free online, whatever. And it like gives you all the benefits. And every single time I'm like, it's almost worth it just to do like one month of this to buy two tickets because you mm-hmm. get the online stuff for free. Like I'm only paying like an extra couple of bucks to join this thing. And yeah, so it's, mm-hmm. it's not like online fees are insane, but it's, if it's ten dollars a month to join the thing, and it saves you three or four dollars on two tickets, like yeah, it almost pays for itself just with that. It, it, it does, and like like I said, like it, if you buy additional tickets, uh, those are at like a cheaper price as well. Okay. Um, yeah, but, like- and apparently there's Movie Club Platinum, but you have to visit twenty five times or purchase sixty tickets in a year. Ah. Uh. Okay. So yeah, that that, is, could, that could be done. Yeah, you get I two bonus tickets. You get twenty five percent off snacks, and you get even more extra ticket savings. So okay, I don't go to Cinemark twenty five times in a year. That's for sure. But I, okay. hey man, I could. I, don't, I, I know don't that. I know that I used to. I mean, when I was married, we would go. That was like our Friday night date night. Was we'd go to Cinemark. Oh, when like I had movie twice pass, a month, easy. It was crazy. When I had movie pass, I was just, I was everywhere, man. Yeah. You couldn't Bring stop down. me from going to the cinema. It's beautiful. No one even wanted to either, but well, now anyway. we've plugged a uh, movie subscription service. Yeah. Thank you for the <laughs> I think advice. we're finally done. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm Jens, it's been a pleasure. It and how long? Been. I don't know. When, when I press it. Okay. Once we've said goodnight. It's pretty. Oh, it's a, oh, it's kind of late. All right. Well, good night. Goodbye, friends. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on Saturday at the home game against the Vancouver Whitecaps visiting their old stomping grounds. I'll be in a suit coming from a wedding. So uh, really, okay. Classy up to the box, I think. I love so that. We've got two home teams, kind of playing in Rio Tinto this week. That's true. We really do. When you think about that's, it, that's my favorite like bit of trivia that people are going to forget. Mm-hmm. Several years from now, there was I a whole half it. season. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah a whole yeah. half season where the Whitecaps, their home was Sandy, Utah. I saw one of the Whitecaps guys at uh, Wingstop uh, by the stadium once, oh. and I was like, "Oh, you're you're on the Whitecaps." He, I didn't say that, but I just looked at him and he knew I knew. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're one of those guys. You're one of the Canadians. Welcome to Wingstop, Utah original. <laughs> Love it. So. Well, next time we host a team, we'll have to take podcast equipment everywhere. It's a great idea. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I'm going to hit the button now. Good night. All right. Shout All out right, to Lemon Pepper Wings. Bye.